Welcome to the Skyda Softball Podcast. Your host, Matt Scott, will be interviewing players from past events and future events. And now, your host, Matt Scott. Hey guys, we at On Campus Sports Cards are a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Come see us in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. We're open from 10.30 to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Hello, everybody. We at K-Town Cafe and Ice Cream are proud sponsors of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Come see us in Kershaw, South Carolina from 11 to 8, Monday through Friday, and come and eat our famous party's hot dog. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Sky Softball Podcast. It is hard to believe that it is episode number 50, 50 episodes of this podcast where it started out as a class assignment. Now it's become another part of the Skyda and Skyda Softball name where we talk with guests about their experiences with Skyda and Skyda Softball. But on today's episode, we have a little interesting guest here. We have the chairman of Skyda, Dr. Chris Hout. Uh, Dr. Hout, thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me today. So just to get a little uh, into things here, uh, just talk about how Skyda came about. You know, it, you know, I've always talked about my side of how things came about, but from your end of it, tell me, you know, go into a little bit of detail there. How did it first come about? Well, you know, uh, I'm a diabetes uh, physician. And so I saw a need for uh, kids with diabetes to have a camping, a place to have a camping experience. And, and me and some other really important people got together and uh, decided to start Skyda, which is a 501c3. And we, so we got that application and started the camp back in 2014. It's crazy to think it's been this long now for, you know, Sky is going on this long, and then the softball game being a part of the Skyda uh, branch, where it was the first fundraiser, and it's become a big fundraiser over the years. I'm as from your end of it, it has, and it's big crazy thing to see how far it's come to. But from your end of it, what's from watching, uh, you know, from that's from that side of the view, watching these fundraisers help the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and what they're trying to do, what is that like to you as the chairman? Well, you know, one of the big parts of running a camp is keeping the camp solvent, where you can have enough money to run the camp. Um, So that's a huge thing for camp. You know, it's essential for the camp's success. And, uh, you know, well, it's not overstating to say that we couldn't run camp without the softball fundraiser. Right. That's not overstating it. So it's a critical piece of our mission. Um, and it sort of gets the word out about diabetes, but it's, uh, you know, I remember when you approached, when we, you came up with this idea, yeah. what, 2014 or 15? Yeah, that, that one day where we're all sitting, 2014, we were all sitting there, you know, at some restaurant near Augusta at the hospital there. And I just overhear you and the other people talking. That's kind of, and I remember looking at you, I'm saying, hey, let me run with this. And shockingly enough, nine years later, you still take me up on it. Yeah, no, well, you're still running it. <laughs> it's crazy because, it's crazy you know, it's the, the farther we go, it, the bigger 
it's the, I mean, not just the event, but the organization itself has gotten bigger as well. Well, so the softball means more and more, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it gets bigger, it gets more expensive, it gets harder to operate, you know, money wise. Um, so it, you know, it's a key piece of it. Man. Right. Yeah. So what, so what made you decide to be a peds or a pediatric endocrinologist? Uh, oh, I don't, uh, it was the science that was uh, appealing to me. It made sense to me. So I'm not, I don't have diabetes. I don't, uh, I didn't have diabetes in my family. I wasn't attracted that way. Um, it's just a science I love. And then, uh, you know, once I started doing it, I started realizing how, how uh, cool the diabetics are. And right. how there's this unmet need, you know, the kids need a place to kind of go to camp and have a good time and relate to each other and how helpful that is to, to kids. Right. And, you know, the seeing the more, you know, from my experience with the camp specifically, you know, seeing that grow into more and more, it's, it's amazing. And one other thing I was going to pick your brain about is the technology for diabetics. You know, what's your thoughts on that from, you know, way back when, when there was the big insulin pump of the size of a, you know, book bag, and now we're, we got it in the, in our pockets, or for instance, the Dexcom and, you know, Freestyle Libre. So just talk about that. You know, what's, what's your take on that? Well, you know, when they first came out with that, like everybody else, we were all real skeptical, you know, um, and uh, we're all real comfortable with it now. I mean, I think everybody's pleased with what technology's done to, to help us manage diabetes. It still hasn't fixed it, you know. I right. don't think it will, but it, it makes it way easier to live with diabetes, you know. And, I, and I'm so, I mean, the Dexcom's just revolutionary, isn't it? Or just the whole concept of knowing what your blood sugar is all the time. Yeah. And especially how it connects with, you know, smart, you know, mobile devices and things like that, where you can just keep, you know, it helps you keep better tabs on it. And from well, my experience, but yes. Yes. Yeah. And then tell, tell the pump what to do. Yeah, and it's crazy to think just, you know, one other thing I was just going to kind of pick your brain is, do you ever think we'll ever see a cure for diabetes? Um, I don't know. They spent a lot of time and money on it. Yeah. Uh, and, and they don't have much to show for it. I think um, it's probably more realistic to think that they're going to solve diabetes. Okay. Maybe not cure it. Um, you know, I mean, it's conceivable they could have a little, you know, insulin pump that you attach to somebody and it turns on and just checks your blood sugar and gives you insulin as you need to and you never think about it. That's reasonable, right? I mean, yeah. that's reasonable in a short amount of time that they could have it. No carb counting, no checking blood sugars, not even worrying about it. It just does it. Not even really checking the sugars. It's checking the sugars. Right. You know, so I see that in a pretty... And now the prevention, I don't know. The last thing I heard about that, it seemed like it might be an avenue that might be worthwhile, would be an immunization. Um, and there's some logic behind immunization for diabetes. And, and you know, maybe something, so then you could prevent it, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't cure the existing cases. So I don't know. I mean, I hope they cure it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the hope is still out there, not regardless, you know, from that. And I know as a diabetic personally and, you know, I'm sure there's people listening, you know, know somebody with diabetes, you know, it's, it's never, it's never, it's a never say never sort of thing. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. And so just kind of one other thing, I talked about it with Trace, you know, my mom, Tracy Scott on the episode I had with her, but just to kind of go back on, 
Talk about the differences between type 1 and type 2 diabetes for those listening at home. Oh, well, you know, the overall, you know, the, this distinction is not so important in my world generally. But right. uh, it's, uh, you know, the type 1 diabetes is where, in a nutshell, your body attacks your pancreas, you quit making insulin, it makes you really sick. Right. Type 2 diabetes is uh, you make plenty of insulin, you don't respond to it very well, you're sort of resistant to it. And eventually you become so resistant, you can't make any more insulin to overcome it. Uh, and your blood sugar starts running high. So you end up with a disease that looks the same. Right. Um, and, you know, where it's coming from is different. Uh, yeah, but the type twos can become what looks like a type one at the very end. Right. And the type ones start looking like a type two sometimes. So this distinction in childhood, whether it's a type one or type two, is not as important as people make it out. Um, yeah, because I was going to segue into, you know, just the, another little brief question is because people and I've had people ask me, you know, and what I believe is they get it mixed up, you know, mm -hmm. between type one, type two. But the question being is, do you even honestly see a difference between type one, type two? Yeah. The, yeah. The type twos are easier. <laughs> <laughs> if I say from your work, I'm sure it's a lot easier. <laughs> They're easier to manage. Um but they're, you know, they're often not as successful at managing as type ones are. Right. Yeah. Um, because they had, you know, it's unhealthy lifestyle that got them in there in the first place. And, um, you know, they got a lot of things to fix. Yeah. And then type one, you got the managing and, you know, the, the more of a head start, I would say. Yeah. And so not just another little. Generic well, no, in, in childhood, this is not adulthood, but in childhood, uh, uh, type developing type two diabetes lowers your lifespan significantly. Really, type one it has a very uh, minimal effect on your lifespan. So, if you had a kid who had diabetes, you would want him to have type one diabetes. You would not want him to have type two diabetes. His right. outcome would be much worse. So, so it's the opposite of what people think, right? right. They want the kid to have type two diabetes. Um, so they can, you know, take a medicine or a pill or something, and it would be easier to manage. Uh, but it, but really, in the long run, the type two diabetes has, a, you know, a worse outcome. They do they do more poor through their life than type ones. Right. And and I never would have imagined that just because you maybe it's just because I you know the the heavy reality of type one, but just that's something you I never would have thought of, which yeah, I. People often want to say, what kind of diabetes is it? And they want me to say type two, but they don't want me to say type two. They really want me to say type one, right? Because that's going to be, that's going to result in a better life for their child. Yeah. I mean, you can't pick or choose. You can't pick and choose it. It is what it is. Right. Um, but really you want type one. It's the more forgiving type. Okay. I mean, I never, I never no, would have no. like that. Now in adulthood, it's different, but in childhood, you yeah. know, uh, childhood onset diabetes, type one is the one you want. And so just, I guess it's a two-for-one question here. Uh, do you have any tips or advice for, you know, any kid living with type one? And I guess you'd say, you know, for the kids and even their, you know, parents, do you have any advice for that? Well, that's a hard one because, you know, everybody, everybody approaches the thing uh, and struggles with diabetes in a different way. Um but the one uh, that I see families often do is they overly focus on uh, the A1C, you know, the, the average blood sugar. Um, 
to the exclusion of everything else, right? And, and really probably the bigger predictor of outcome, it's not, it, to me, it's not so important what the kids' A1C is when they're little. It's, it's, it's important what their A1C is from age 18 to age 80. That's the most important one. And so sometimes parents get so uh, focused on making the A1C good today, they lose track of the fact that the kid needs to be part of the deal. Uh, and the kid has to take over the management and do a good job in his adulthood. And that's really the goal. So I think people don't, they underestimate the stress of diabetes. Right. Um, and stress really contributes to poor outcomes. I mean, in, uh, particularly in kids. You know, yeah. if they're stressed out, their A1C may be okay, but they're not going to do well in the long run. And just kind of touch ba back base on uh, the A1C, just a for those listening at home, just a brief reminder, what's just give a little background on what exactly is the A1C. Okay, the hemoglobin A1C is just, a, it's a it's a blood test. Thank you. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I do this stuff all day. It's all, makes sense to me. Um, oh, I know. That's so, why I love it. This, it makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. So, um, you know, hemoglobin A1C is a test that says what your average blood sugar has been over the last 90 days because right. it's the lifespan of a red cell. And the hemoglobin A1 is a fraction of hemoglobin that exists within the red cell. So if you can, you check the red cell and you see how much glucose is attached to the hemoglobin A1 fraction. And that tells you what the, what the average blood sugar has been, what the average sugar that that red cell has been exposed to essentially over the last three months. And it'll sort of give you an average of what the blood sugar is. The lower the average blood sugar, the lower the average A1C, the lower the risk of long-term problems with diabetes. Because the way diabetes messes you up is it's high blood sugars. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you were a diabetic and you and you managed to keep your blood sugar almost normal, you would have almost completely eliminated the risk of diabetes. Almost. Assuming almost. you can get the blood sugar normal. Almost. Not all the way. Not, not right. to zero, but pretty close. Um, so we're always you know, shooting for good blood sugars and shooting for good A1Cs. Yeah, and that's that's always the common goal. And uh, God knows I've had back when I was younger, the A1C was a tricky thing to get a hold of. And then now I think just kind of touching back base on the technology, being able to work adapt with that over the last however many years, it's definitely interesting to see. And you know, <clears throat> and one other thing just kind of I know we talked about technology coming a long way. Uh, is there anything new in the, I guess you could say, in the technology world for diabetics? Is there anything new developing? Yeah, there's always something new. Um, I don't know if it's any fundamentally new from what we have. We've got more of the same thing. You know, there's a new, better sensor. There's a new, better pump. But there's right. nothing fundamentally different from what we already have. It's just, a, you know, it's the next generation of okay. the thing. Just a little bit better. More options, basically. Yeah, more options last a little longer, a little more accurate, stuff like that. Okay. And so kind of going into the, the, the camp sweet escape stuff, just, you know, I know we talk about how Skyda came about and things like that. Where, and then I know you, we've said you and a few other people discussed the idea. Just where did that idea of camp sweet escape come about? Well, um, we were, uh, me and a couple other people that are also on the board and helped me start the camp. They, um, we all got together and we said, man, we were already involved in, in other diabetes camps. And, uh, and we said, we should start one of these our own. You know, um, I think we've got something to bring to it. 
um, to sort of fine tune it. Everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to start their own and make their own. Uh, uh, and I and I felt like it was a lot more neat in right. our area for kids to go to diabetes camps. Um, and so we all got together and we just said, let's do it. <laughs> Let's do, Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had enough will and uh, it felt like we had enough, you know, resources to make a go of it. And we have. Yeah. And so just kind of touch a little more detail in there. So you talk about, you talk about there being a need. So why do you feel like that need is important for those kids with diabetes to come to come? Oh, well, to Matt, you, know, you know, the answer to this question. Well, been, well, I, know, I know the answer. You've been yeah, um, it's sometimes it's hard to really describe it. You know, um, you can see the benefit. And of course, I'm the doctor, right? So I get to see them beforehand. Then I get to see them come to camp. And then I get to see them after camp. And I get to hear what the parents say about their behavior and the way they're yeah. managing diabetes and all that afterwards. So um, there's a direct benefit of coming to camp on kids' uh, control of their diabetes and their diabetes stress. Yeah. They have a lot lower distress after camp and they do better engaging their diabetes and they feel better. They live a better life. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm agree. And, you know, I agree with that just because it's really, I feel like that's an important thing just because, you, you know, from the years I've been a counselor for a sweet escape, you know, you learn about these kids and their backgrounds and things like that to just see where those kids can finally, like you said, just the stress can, settle down they're, they're relaxed they make these new friends make these new connections you know through diabetes and knowing saying hey i'm not the only one yeah and so that's that's why you know granted i'm just a small part of the camp sweet escape stuff I, that's why i applaud you and everybody else on the board for what y'all have done for camp sweet escape well you've been there the whole time yeah, I know. You know it's, I'm either I'm either there or I'm on the sidelines just, you know, playing. You're there. You're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, just, you know, going on nine years for both the softball and camp. It's just, you know, I know, I know I'm repeating what I said earlier. It's just crazy to think it's grown this much because, you know, I, I can't remember the expression, but it takes a, a village to raise a child and you just see it continuing to grow bigger and bigger. And so just some generic stuff to ask it, you know, where did you go to school, college, you know? Oh, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I went to Wofford College in Spartanburg. Okay. Uh, I went to University of South Carolina Medical School. I went to uh, Greenville for my pediatric residency. I went to uh, uh, Mass General Hospital Harvard Medical School for my fellowship and learned how to be a pediatric endocrinologist. Okay. Um, and that's the training. I've had additional training, but I mean, that's how I learned to be a pediatric endocrinologist. Yeah, be where you're at today. And you've yeah. done this for how many years now? Oh, I was thinking about that before. Um, you know, because I was doing diabetes before, almost from the moment I entered med school, um, really from 1997 on. So that's 25 years. And then uh, I've, I've been fellowship trained for 20 years. So I've been doing exclusively diabetes and endocrine stuff for 20 years, but taking care of diabetics for 25. Long time. Yeah. It feels good. I mean, it's been fun to, it's been fun to do, and it's gotten a whole lot easier on the kids. Yeah. You know, it's been fun to watch. And I feel like the, the more easier it is for the kids to, you know, to, I guess you could say, learn, you know, like you were saying, they can take better care of it in their adulthood. That, you know. 
it helps out tremendously, just like you said, you know. And just kind of another question about Skyler for you is this. How do you see the organization expanding in, you know, in the coming future? Because the softball game, I, I'm saying this specifically, it's, it, next year will be 10 years of this. So yeah. it's, you know, do, do you see, where do you see more, ex, you know, expanding and things like that? Well, I say, I mean, like, um, I mean, I think, you know, just having done camps here for almost 10 years, I think there's probably a, a capacity of about two to 300 kids per year. Uh, to benefit from camp, maybe a little bit more. I don't know if we can generate that much money, but uh, two to 300 kids. And we're currently, our camp doesn't serve that many. So growing the camp to meet that need, you know, where we start, start getting static on numbers, then, then everybody that could benefit can benefit. Yeah. Um, and then we also do something we haven't mentioned, we, um, and uh, other board members pretty much do this. We just assist, I just assist as I can. We run a, a diabetes nurse conference. Uh, yeah. I hope your mom talked about that um, where, you know, we go uh, educate the nurses that take care of diabetics in school. And so that they become more familiar with the diabetes tasks. Yeah. And, you know, I've, you know, I've been to a few of those. It's, that's another thing just to touch base on. That's also a beneficial thing because like from when I was diagnosed, you know, back, back around 05, the technology wasn't where it's at today, but you know, my, nurse in elementary school susan flower god bless her she was phenomenal from the time she started you know learning about the diabetes with me until i finished up because you see a lot of those nurses feel like they're going into a you know gunfight with you know holding a knife sort of thing because they don't know what they're you know they don't know what to do and you know that conference which i'm sure you can re you know agree with it's like I said, it's beneficial because they get to learn more and learn what to do, how to do it, you know, as far as the car. Well, and the technology makes it even harder. Yeah. And it's, it's always new. Every six months, there's a new thing. And and the kids are always wearing the new thing. So, the te you know, the school nurse has to have some sense of how that works to yeah. be able to help the kid the best. Yeah, and, it, and they got to, I mean, it's either you, you got to adapt quickly. And it's, and it could be a stressful thing for those nurses, too, because oh. Yeah, because God knows my mom. When she had me through middle school, she was always trying to make sure I didn't do, a, you know, something ridiculous with my pump. <laughs> which I say this, I do respect. I know she'll go back and listen to it. But uh, yeah, like I said, whether it's the camp or the the nurses conference and other things this organization's putting together, it's it's definitely helped. I guess you could say the region between you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia, you know, the surrounding areas, it helps those, or it helps that region learn more about diabetes. Yeah. Well, and we get kids from Virginia for camp. Not too many, but I mean, Virginia, Florida, we have one from Tennessee. Yeah, because um, I know from, oh, at Awanatai Valley, it's connected to North Carolina. Yeah, it's right there. Well, well I'm trying to remember what's the other one. I want to say Georgia. I might be wrong. What is Ash? I mean, uh, North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina all there. Okay. Yeah. And do you ever do you see Camp Sweet Escape eventually becoming a, a potential fan, or do you, do you see whether it's Camp Sweet Escape or something in Sky to you know having a family camp? 
for those families? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've talked about that over the years, and we just haven't really gotten there yet. But, I mean, I think maybe next year may be our first year. So there's the concept of a family camp, and the family camp is, you know, kid gets diabetes relatively recently, and it's really something that affects the whole family. Right. I mean, right. the siblings sort of, you know, have their own aspect because they have a sibling who's diagnosed with disease. Uh, and then the parents sort of don't really even know what to do or sometimes they don't agree. Yeah. And so, um, so it's nice to. So a family camp is where you take a weekend. You have all these families, all of the family members come, not just the kid with diabetes. And they sort of learn a little bit about diabetes over the weekend and, and how to manage that kid's diabetes better. And they get to, of course, same camp experience. They get to talk to the other families and, and sort of get some bonds and some connections that way, which helps everybody. Um, and then uh, we also teach them about how to do a better job of diabetes so they can feel more in control of it. So that's the family camp. It works best when the kids are relatively new within the last year. Um, and it's a different kind of concept. It's not just kids, it's everybody, you know, it's the whole family. Right. And, you know, because, like, from – I don't, I feel like I'm speaking too much on my end here, but just from my experience, when – back when I found out in April of 05, you know, it's just – it was, you know, like it, like it, you've seen with most families, it's a shock to everybody. And that kid's sitting there thinking, what's about to happen? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes kids even – this is the part you uh, – that's sort of not always something you think about. But, I mean, a kid's here diabetes, and what do they hear? die yeah and they think they're gonna die right a little kid he's never heard diabetes before he's like i've got a die thing i'm gonna die and so it's really stressful to the little kid he doesn't really understand yeah yeah so i mean and it's I, like reassuring people that really helps them too. yeah and i feel like that's just one one of the things that this organization has done well with and showing you know it i feel like i'm kind of going off the mission statement here just showing those kids and especially their families that everything's going to be just fine you know it's, just fine. Yeah, yeah it's like as long as you just do a b and c there's nothing to worry about like your your kid can still do whatever they want you know Perfect. yeah and so just kind of we're going kind of going to the fundraiser part now we've done besides softball you know We've done the polo. We've seen polo matches, and then done that. And about nine days, if I remember correctly, at the time of this recording, we will be having our first ever benefit concert. That is that Miss Dana Hyler, if I said her name right, is you know she's the, the mastermind behind that one. Just you know, as far as the the concert, the I know there's a 5K in development and just looking back on these other fundraisers, just, well, all the fundraisers together, just seeing that play a huge part in what the organization's about. What is that like to you? Well, so, you know, the fundraisers aren't really the, you know, they're, they're part of the mission, right? Because they, they preserve our mission and allow us to, to, to do what we want to do. Um, but now, so like, just for everybody to understand, like when you run one of these camps, is that there's like, you can cut at the end of the day, you can say there's a cost per camper, right? Um, and so that number is relatively uh, a big number, uh, bigger than most families could afford, um, particularly the kids that are not doing uh, well, they have other stressors in their life. Their families are often poor and don't have a lot of resources. So they couldn't, you know, if you, if, if you make them pay the whole thing, they don't get to come to camp. So the kid that needs it the most can't come. Yeah. So we raise money to offset 
the total cost of the camp so that every kid can come. And yeah, and it's for me just being one of those fundraisers, that's one of the things I take pride in and trying to raise as much money as I can. Cause like going back to last year, you know, in 2021, that for a year to me personally, that was a lot of ups and downs, but then 2021 where we raised around $10,000, that was, <laughs> you know, you know, it was it was a great way to say. Yeah, and then just for the audience, you know, raising ten thousand dollars. What he means by that is he means that they cleared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that they raised because they raised a lot more than that, and their cost is putting on the event. And so when you take out the cost from what you raised, it, it was a ten thousand dollar clear. I mean, that's pretty good, Matthew. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's not just raising ten. I mean, that's. I, I say I say raising a lot just because it's part of that. Uh, I guess you could say it's repeating. Thing in my in my mind where I'm glad you, you you know went a little more detail with that but yes you know it's a bigger can, deal than what you're making out <laughs> I mean granted I tell these guys that they you know I tell everybody that's involved that like look we're here we're here to help kids in trying to you know help get these kids to camp and it's always interesting to see you know you never know who you'll run into or what that person knows because that you know I've, we've had some guys and girls involved with this organization say, hey, I got somebody I know with diabetes. I'm glad to support you. And that's and that's one of the things that, at the end of the day, that's why I'm glad to see, you know, October 15th for the softball event. It's going to be fun. But more importantly, in nine days at Three Star Vineyard and Orchard, the a sweet escape to the vines, that'll be a fun time for everybody uh, that comes out, checks that out. Make sure you get your tickets on Eventbrite or the camp's I think the Camp Sweetscape Facebook page has those available as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, yeah, there's one. And just kind of finish this little podcast episode off on number 50 with Dr. Chris Howe. <laughs> Looking back on nine years out of every fundraiser, the camp, and every other little project this this organization has put on and had so much success with to you how, how do you you know soaking that all in what's that like to you being- well you know so i it, to me it's a great honor to do this thing it's uh you know people want to help you know in life i think people want to be kind and they want to help and they want to help other people uh and they and they often don't have an opportunity to do that or a really avenue to do that you know, somebody wants to, they want you to donate money to their cause and you don't even know what their cause is. You want to help them, but you're not really sure donating helps. This is a great, for me and the people on this board and the people associated with this camp, you know it helps. It's real world stuff. I mean, we are helping kids 100%. All of those kids that come to camp get help. All those nurses get help. We are making a difference, right? 100%. And not many people can say that. And so to me, it's a great opportunity. I really, I really enjoy it. And, you know, just I go off of one of the things I say from the guy in sports told me, use your passion and your purpose to inspire others to use theirs. And I think that's one of the things that Skyda has done very well. You know, and I know that's cliche, but then everybody that's listened to this podcast know I say some cliche stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Without, without a further. Well, it's been true for you, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I try not to focus on me at the end of the day. That's you've known that long enough. Yeah. But uh, 
just to finish this off here, I'm going to let you take the floor here for a moment. Where can they go to learn more about Camp Sweet Escape? Where can they go donate for? Okay, so, yeah. There's several websites. So um, one is uh, www.campsweetescape.com. Um, the other one is www.skydascom. Uh, and then the softball page is skydascom.com. Yeah, and so those and and uh, on the Skyda page, there's a place to donate, and I think on the Facebook page for for Camp Sweetescape, there's a place to donate. And the and the other last night at the time of this recording, there's actually now a donation button on the Camp Sweetescape page too. So if you, <laughs> there's there's plenty of way where options to go donate. You know, at the end of the day, we. Every dollar counts. I know you can say the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and if anybody wants to donate and you worry about whether it's worthwhile, I mean, look all the, um, what they call tax return, 990 returns. We have all our 990s available. So you can look at all of how we do. We have no paid positions. Everything is volunteer. Mm. Every dollar. You know, the, the nonprofits have this number where they say every dollar you invest, you know, 90% goes to our services or something. Right. right. Okay. Ours is 100%. Every dollar you donate is a dollar that is used on this camp. <laughs> I mean, there is no, there is no fee. There's no budget. There's no, I mean, for, for employees, there's no one making any money. Zero. Cause we're, you know, the money is the chance to help people. Yeah. And it's, you know, being, you know, helping the camp, helping the kids. That's, that's what we're, you know, I feel like we're both preaching here and that's, I feel like a perfect way to, finish off this episode of the sky softball podcast episode number 50 with dr chris out uh make sure you check out the sky to softball stuff on sky to softball g on that's on twitter and instagram sky to softball game on facebook and then like i mentioned earlier sky to softball.com camp and as dr how mentioned sky uh and for the podcast stuff, wherever you listen to your podcast, such as Apple, Spotify, and whatever other apps there may be, leave a like, subscribe, whatever you feel like doing. And don't forget to donate a dollar to or for the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association on campsweetscape.com especially. And, yeah, I think that about covers it. So, once again, Dr. Hauk, I appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks. I think we'll do this again sometime soon, maybe at episode 100. Okay, that'd be great. <laughs> hey, this, hey, this is a great way to go to number 50. But, uh, once yeah, again, yeah. but for once again, thanks to, again to everybody listening at home. We hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Hey, this is Barry Klankenick with Clank's Mosquito and Ant Control. We're a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Uh, if you need a quote or have any questions, feel free to reach out via Facebook. Hey everybody, we at the 521 Finland Station are a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Come down to see us at the 521 Finland Station here in Kershaw, South Carolina, home of the 16-ounce ribeye.